brothers and sisters, we're early in a time of the church year called Lent. You may or may not be aware that Advent prepares us for Christmas. Lent prepares us in a special way for Good Friday and Easter. Lent is closely connected to and, and looks ahead to Christ's passion. And, and passion is an old English word that refers to Jesus' suffering. The Gospels spend quite a bit of time focusing us on the culmination of Christ's passion. That time from Palm Sunday through Good Friday to Easter. We've just read one brief scene from the Gospels on Christ's passion tonight. And as in every part of Scripture, we ask, what is God saying to us? What does this episode, what does this scene in the history of redemption say to God's people, to you and me today? We read Jesus went to the Mount of Olives as usual. He'd been there before to be alone, to pray likely. Doesn't say it here, but the other Gospels tell us that he went into the Garden of Gethsemane. You notice Luke doesn't say that, but that's what this is. The Garden was at the foot of the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. Jesus tells his disciples to pray. We read that he prays. And that's a big focus of this passage. That's something we need to pay attention to. In Luke 11, uh, we're told that Jesus taught his disciples about prayer. He had taught them the Lord's Prayer. He told them to pray boldly. He told them to ask, to seek, and knock, to go to the Father for whatever they needed. And, and Luke is showing us here that Jesus practices what he preaches. Jesus is looking ahead to the intense suffering he's about to go through, and he prays. And God's word is, is certainly instructing us to follow our Savior. When we face trials and temptations and suffering, we're to go to the Father and pray to him. We're shown that he prays. We're shown how to pray here too, earnestly and fervently. In, in Luke 11, Jesus talks of intense, bold, persistent praying. And Jesus' prayer was all of those things on this night. In fact, it was so fervent that Christ's sweat was like drops of blood. And Luke is the only gospel to share that detail, maybe because he was interested in it. It was Dr. Luke, you know. He was a physician, and he probably knew something of what we today called hematidrosis. It's very rare, but if someone has a blood disorder or is in a very highly emotional state, it's possible for some blood to come out with your sweat. Jesus was in anguish about what he would have to face. Sometimes I, I wonder if, if prayer isn't the last thing we do in times of need. You know, here in the garden, uh, one of the first things one of us might have done is, is kick the trees in frustration. You know, for me, I, I might have started getting impatient and a little testy in my conversation with the disciples. Jesus responds to his anguish and being worked up emotionally and to this intense situation with intense, fervent prayer. It's also instructive for us the content of his prayer. 
He says, not my will, but yours. If you are willing, take this cup from me. Not necessarily in this intense situation, what I think is best, but what you think is best, Father. And then Luke tells us something else that only he does. The Father sent an angel to strengthen him there in the garden. Because the answer to the prayer wasn't going to be that the cup would be taken away. The answer was that he would have to drink that cup of suffering, but he would be given the strength to make it through. And that's something that you and I and all of God's children can count on too. As we're reflecting on God's word tonight, how, how is your prayer life? How, how, do you, how do you do in hard times? You know, when we talk about Lent, uh, we talk about different practices and spiritual disciplines. Sometimes we talk about fasting. That's certainly a biblical spiritual discipline. You hear about giving up something for Lent? Sure, maybe. How about the meat and potatoes of the Christian life this Lent? How about the meat and potatoes of the Christian life? Worship with God's people. Hearing God's word. Serving those in need. And how about prayer? What if if Christians everywhere in these weeks were advancing their prayer life, our time with the Father? Wow. Wow. You know, for example, are we, as we watch and watch the images in Japan, are we on our knees in prayer for the people of Japan? Are we on our knees as God's people for the situation going on in Libya right now? You know, sometimes I think we think, well, what does that do? What does that really do? Well, James says the prayer of the righteous man is powerful and effective. The prayers of God's people do a whole lot more than I think many of us believe. So is this passage telling us to follow Jesus' example and pray? Yes, I believe it is. It's instructing us in prayer. But there's more, just another level, and it's an important one, going on. Because that's not enough. If God's word were just telling us here, be like Jesus and pray, well, That's not the most encouraging message because we've blown it too much in our lives. We've failed in prayer too often to make that an encouraging word from the Lord. I believe those drops of blood falling to the ground are instructive too for us tonight. We follow Jesus' example as his disciples today, certainly. We're not asked to follow him in that though. You're not asked to pray drops of blood. Luke, in mentioning that detail, is pointing us to the substitutionary atonement of Christ. Blood would be dropping on that dusty Judean ground a little while later, too, as the hours go on. On a hill at Golgotha, Christ shed his blood for us on the cross. He took care of our sins and our shortcomings on the cross so that all who believe in him are saved. Those disciples failed miserably in supporting Jesus in prayer 
that night. But did Jesus cut them off? No, he doesn't. He was headed to the cross to take care of their weaknesses and failings and shortcomings and yours and mine too. Jesus is our example in prayer, yes, but his sacrifice and his resurrection actually empower us for prayer. He's done the work to bring us into an intimate relationship with the Heavenly Father, and he sends his spirit to encourage and equip and empower us to be about the Father's work and mission everywhere, in everything, including being about that work and mission in vibrant, active prayer. Remember that he did the work when you feel weak in prayer or when you failed. Christ forgives you, and he provides the strength to do better. He's got myriads of angels at his command to do his bidding. They help his children, like we see here in the garden, plus The spirit of Jesus himself is ours because of the cross. So I encourage you in your preparation for Good Friday and Easter to live out of the power won for you on the cross and pray after the example of your Savior. Listen and just enjoy the music in the hour ahead. These students are going to lift our souls to heaven. Let's take advantage of this time in God's house to glorify his name also by lifting our prayers to him tonight. Would we do that tonight, days and weeks to come?